You're listening to The Life of Try. It's triathlon for your ears. Right, kicking off again. Here we go. This is uh, the regular, regular little jolt here with... Uh, Myself, Phil Rockner, and uh, the great man in the chair, Kevin McKinnon. Kevin, welcome. Hey, uh, thank you. I didn't. I've never been referred to as the great man before, so uh, yeah, I'll take that and run with it. Yeah, having I a good have day. No idea what uh, what that would refer to. But, uh. <laughs> I'm having a good day. Um, uh, we're in lockdown number seven. Can you believe that? Number seven. Just cast your little minds over that one. So. Uh, it's good times here. Um, we went out. We were out of lockdown for nearly two weeks, and then back in again. So it's yeah, definitely. Sorry to hear that. We are sort of embarking on wave four here in Canada, and um, you know, not great like you know restrictions and stuff. But I just got back from Edmonton uh, at the Worlds. I, I think uh, I think we'll be talking about that shortly. So yep. it was exciting to uh, actually be at some racing. Yeah, I mean, and I guess the reason for my commentary around this is not so much that we're in lockdown. I mean, you know, that's what it is. Um, but it's more the Australian sort of triathletes are just, they can't travel. If you're here, it's very difficult to travel. You can kind of leave, but you can't really come back. And uh, there's a lot of sort of uncertainty around any racing here. There's There'll be stuff all racing here in Australia. There'll be nothing. Um so the big major areas where it's affected here, obviously Queensland, which hosts Cairns, uh, you know, that would be lucky. Nothing in New South Wales, that, that state is had it. Um, Busselton in Western Australia, the dude, the guy who runs the state there, Kevin, is literally um, building a bloody fence around the joint so that no one can come in. So... Uh, not sure that'll go ahead and everything in Victoria is screwed as well. So uh, it's a pretty bleak time for those uh, Aussies out there who want to get a race in. And, um, of course, we look at the the guys and girls who go so fast, the pros, but it's the age groupers who are the sort of the whole, you know, heart of the, the sport. And, and here in Australia, they are getting nothing. So um, I would think at the moment Zwift would be doing a roaring trade uh, because you can only ride 5Ks from your house. So, yeah, there's a lot of, I reckon, frustrated people probably dropping a fair bit of coin on the old indoor training setups. Well, for sure, Zwift took off last year. And, you know, I think um, at times there were, you know, there were so many people on the system. It was like the battle of the headless horsemen as, uh, as everything was trying to keep up. I, I think Zwift has... Uh, taken this and run with it right like you know if there's yeah. a company that's uh, on fire right now you know they're sponsoring the um tri battle royale and and all that stuff they are going wild with it and and it's it's been a great uh platform it but as you're saying all of this it sort of begs like i think in my editorial my may editorial maybe last year i sort of asked the question you know if there are no triathlons are are there triathletes you know, like ours is, is very different to running and cycling. Like you can be a runner, you can be a cyclist and never do a race. But triathletes are defined by racing. Mm. Um, mm. And so it's been, uh, yeah, it's been interesting to see that, you know, see how that whole thing has developed over the last few years. And, and it just, every time it feels like we're on our way and then, Suddenly, the the rug gets pulled out. You know, as you guys go into another lockdown, Kona gets cancelled. Yes, we don't use the word cancelled at Ironman. I uh, guess postponed <sighs> to uh, February. Come on, man. So, what are your thoughts on there and that? Obviously, um, uh, the mayor, whose name was Roth, and so it was said that Roth finally shut down Kona. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I, I sort of totally missed on that one. That's a good uh, one. See what I did there? That's real journo work from me. Um, but he, I can 100% understand where that bloke's is coming from. Um, and, you know, people saying, oh, herd immunity, all that kind of stuff. And and, and look, I, I'm not here to debate science. I'm not a scientist, right? I'm, I'm not, I've never done any research. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not even going to put a toe anywhere near that. 
But I would understand too that the pressure on the healthcare system in a small island like Kona, if you know they bunch of people rolled up and it got out of hand, it would be detrimental and dire. I would say for the for the locals. And I, I'm, you know, as much as we all want to see a race, you've got to understand where he's coming from as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, totally, totally makes sense. And yeah, herd herd immunity. Uh, from what I understand, comes at 90% uh, vac- vaccinated. Um, so we're not even remotely close to that here in Canada. They're, they're the, based on the way the world or the things look down in the U.S., they're never getting there. Um, so, yeah, no, the herd immunity is not in our future. So I don't know how we get through all of this. Um, no, and- I don't know either. And they're all, I mean, they're blaming the Delta strain, um, you know, that this second wave's got everybody out of out of sync with with what they originally thought. Um, you know, substantial border closures, travel restrictions for qualified athletes. There's no viable pathway in October to host the Ironman, and that's a quote coming from the big dog Messick, uh, who's the president and chief executive of the Ironman Group. So, after extensive consultation with governmental and community leaders in Hawaii, we believe that the best course of action is to delay the event until Feb twenty. 22. Look at me go with my research and my websites up here. I feel like, you know, just got some extra time, got ready, got organized. It uh, Well, I'm just sort of going, yeah, yet another time where he's just reading right from all of my work on Triathlon Magazine Canada. Well, um, is it, what, where would you go? Is there anywhere else to go? I don't even know where else would it go. It's default page, Kevin. Um, yeah, so... The, well, and this is totally fueled by the, the Delta variant. It is much more uh, contagious. You know, my wife's a public health nurse, and uh, they've been swamped with stuff over the last little bit. Um, it's been a it's been a tough go, and yeah, we're you know things are things are looking a little dire on that front. I'll be very interested. I'm on my way over to the Collins Cup. Uh, I leave tomorrow evening, and. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing that, uh, that that race is going to be able to go off as as with Roth. Uh, speaking yeah. of Roth, um, yeah. I'm off to those two events over the next two weekends. Do you you are you are a man about the triathlon world? Uh, so we'll get to your travels in just a minute. Let's run through a couple of race results and I'll get your feedback. Obviously, um, the Kona experience for everybody has been on hold. Uh, you know what, as we said, you've just got to wear, wear it. Um, there are bigger things in life than, than I would have thought sporting events like triathlon and, and Ironman. And, uh, we want to go there and not leave the Island devastated. That's pretty much, I think what everyone wants. Hey, Cam Worth outbiked Lionel Sanders. That's a headline I read and it should have been nobody surprised. I mean, this kid, I mean, is anybody ever surprised what Cam Worth can do on a bicycle? I don't think anybody is really surprised the guy can motor oh absolutely you know i did a a big feature on cam i think last year maybe 2019 um and it was really fun to sort of spend some time and and get some of his background so you know the guy has been an aerobic machine forever right like he uh went to the worlds i believe as a a u23 rower a junior rower like yeah um you know, just so was this huge aerobic machine uh, in a boat and then turned his sights to cycling. Um, so, yeah, absolutely no surprises. And what amazes me is how patient he is. So, you know, he did all of his damage in the last 80K. So, you know, he, he goes from, um, I think, two minutes ahead of Lionel to nine minutes ahead in the last 80K. Yeah, um, but but think about how road riders rise. Think about how people race a road bike, you know, like it's not, you know, like he races almost like a cyclist, not a triathlete, that you're right, his big damage is done. He just sits for the moment and gets his mojo working and then that last time, like he would in a stage of a, of a, of a, um, a bike race, they go. You know, like this is probably the way he's engineered. You know, you'd think with that sort of idea that his back end is always going to be uh, a driving sort of force for how he operates because that's how he's done it. And Kev, rowers traditionally are nuts. Like just put a V8 engine straight into every rower. You know, they are monsters on a bike too. Um, I can remember Drew Ginn. 
He would have been, I mean, in my vintage, running around as an age grouper after he won two gold medals at two separate Olympics, you know. Uh, he had a motor in him like nothing else. It, they are phenomenal guys. And no surprises, is there, though, how he then backed up with a 249. That's pretty decent. Yes. Well, and, and that, to me, is the big story, right? Like, the, you know, the, the fast bike split, we all know that's coming. Um, he was only a few seconds behind Lionel out of the water. Lionel's been working on his swimming for, uh, for forever and a day. Um, Cam has been you know, basically working as a cyclist for the last year and a half for Ineos Grenadiers. So, um, you know, he's picking back into the tri-world and 249, that's the winning formula, right? Uh, You know, comes off the bike 14 minutes ahead, runs, if he can run 249 in Kona, you got to go 235 to beat him. Yeah, and and, and we've seen that, you know, the... Guys like Lieto and that who spent years trying to get that balance, you know, tr- you know, Starkovitz has kind of on top, but not regularly, not like this. This is kind of next level kind of work, isn't it? He's um, and, and seven forty six, Kevin. If you can't break eight hours for an Ironman these days, you're rubbish. You're complete rubbish. <laughs> the dude who came tenth got eight oh seven. Like eight oh seven gets you just in the top ten. Yeah. I mean, no, hey, the, 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 the these guys are stepping things up to an entire new level all yeah. the way through. Um, you know, well, heck, Jan went, what did he go, 727? Um, you know, uh, it's frightening um, where, where these guys are taking it. And it's that balance, right? So um, the 402 bike ride is awesome, but it's not nearly as awesome if you don't back it up with um, – with a solid marathon and that's what cam did so yeah yeah yep. hats yep. off to him for sure super impressive um your neck of the woods edmonton uh my favorite last race of the season <laughs> just <laughs> hey at least blumenfeld did what you always want he came through on Correct. a big day yep. to also take yep. the, the yep. world title yeah look uh, he he's i mean the one thing that i'm really uh, one of the things that is disappointing, athletically speaking, not healthcare or science people, but athletically speaking, one of the things that is disappointing is not having um, the Olympic champions in Kona. Uh, now, they're not going to win. Like, they're not winning. But um, You want to no. bet against Blumenfeld? Yeah, 100%. Um, he wouldn't get near it. No, he's not getting near it. Not even getting near it. Not even the top five. He's nowhere near it. Yeah. I Hey, I... I... I, the guy is frightening. Uh, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how he does it uh, at the World seventy point threes in Utah. But even um, then, Kevin, is are you are you I'm not diminishing the guy at all? Right? It sounds like I'm I'm laying into him, but I'm not. It's just racing for an hour forty, and then racing for you know three whatever he's going to do at Worlds. Uh, vastly different, though, isn't it? Vastly different to the to the to the big daddy. Yeah. And I 100% <clears throat> hear you, excuse me. Um, but it's, it's just tricky trying to figure this guy out. So two weeks ago, he thought he was doing Frankfurt. So like Monday and Tuesday puts in like two, nine, nine hour training days to get ready for Frankfurt. Like <laughs> it's, he's nutty. Yeah. It, it, and <clears throat> I tell you, like, I, it was just really impressive to see him racing and, uh, you know, I can't imagine all of the demands that have been on him since uh, since Tokyo with media and sponsors and all of that stuff. And uh, to hold it all together, um, you know, there's a reason we've never seen the Olympic champion win the Worlds in the same year. Um, it's, it, you know, most people that win their Olympics and they're like, okay, I got, I'm too busy now to do anything else. I'm just going to you know, take this and run with it. And so uh, for both Flora Duffy and uh, Christian Blumenfeld to do that was nothing short of amazing. So um, I didn't realize it hadn't been done. Taylor Nitz race as well. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize it hadn't been done. I, I, I just assumed, you know, that throughout the course of uh, triathlon in the Olympics that someone had picked up the double, but I didn't realize it hadn't been so widely achieved what they've done. Um. You know, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and it was, you know, so interesting. So the women's race, you know, Taylor Nib just 
took that <laughs> took that race by the reins and ran with it. Um, it was mind boggling. Um, you know, she came out of the water first, like was first up there. I was going through my photos last night on the plane and um, it, it really I was sort of like, oh, that is Taylor coming out first. Um, screamed up into transition and from, you know, the first pedal stroke just rode away from this field. And, um, you know, Flora, I, I, you know, interviewed her afterwards um, and she just, you know, she obviously thrilled to have won the world, uh, the world title, but, you know, she just, it, you could tell that the last month has been a lot. And especially for her with, you know, the first uh, Bermudan athlete to ever win a gold medal at the Olympics. And, you know, it's a country of 65 or 70,000 people. Um, So she literally has a country on her shoulders um, that she's sort of carrying along. along. And so it's been a wild month for her. And and I think um, it was just, you know, she just was showing some wear and tear. Um, And then Taylor Nib comes out and puts together one of the most incredible races we've, we've ever seen at a world. So um, it was, it was amazing. It, it um, I can imagine, I, I can't imagine I can, all I can do is imagine uh, the amount, the, the emotional, um, like the air coming out of your emotional balloon. Once you win a world uh, and Olympic games, can you imagine the pressures off, especially as you said, for someone like who's got Bermuda on the shoulders, but imagine the pressure just coming off that release would be insane, you know, of yeah. having done that. And to get up and race, you know, weeks later is ridiculous, I think. Um, she becomes the first second woman to win three world titles in a row, not in a row, but in a, in a, um, in a total behind Snowy, Emma Snowsill. Um, I didn't know that either. I, again, showing my lack of real, you know, depth of understanding. Um, but I would have thought too, along the journey, there would have been more women winning multiples. You know, we kind of get those runs in Kona, don't we, um, where we see multiple victories. But in ITU, it seems to be a lot more transient than winners. Yeah, well, and and I think um, it, it just goes to show, um, and and you know, the 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 world triathlon athletes or the people who are racing these things will tell you just how hard it is to win these things, how much you need to have going. Um, you know, you don't have, you don't have a seven, seven hour or an eight or nine hour race to, to let things develop. It's, you know, there's just so many different things that can happen. It's so fast. Um, so I think it's, you know, there, there's just so many opportunities for people to come through on, on the day that make it a, really tough challenge so yeah you know very impressive for uh florida three times and it was funny during the interview she was uh one of the guys was asking so you know is that the most ever and she she said i think there's guys who have more and i was like yeah javier with five and um mario mola's won three <laughs> so you know there's yeah uh javier's you know just also shows just how amazing an athlete javier gomez is yeah yeah, hundred percent. And and you look at like, you know, you talk about the men's race was a completely different shape, wasn't it? I mean, obviously with uh, Blumenfeld doing what he does, but behind him there was just a raft of of guys who you know had done well at uh, World Triathlon, but not so high in the Olympics. Um, you know, and even yeah. the, the guys like Vincent Louis, um, you know, and Alex Yee, they they were really off. And understandably off because of what they've just been doing. Yeah, it's hard to say off. Like Alex, you know, just obviously wasn't in that first group. He was in the second chase group. Uh, had an amazing run. But, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're coming from from way back. Um, I think Vincent, Vincent Louis is uh, still dealing with a little bit of uh, uh, an Achilles injury. So, uh, you know, just not quite, quite firing quite the way that he that he had um but yeah like christian blumenfeld it was amazing to watch or just to listen to him um you know the french guys um berger and conix uh were up at the front of the chase group and you know basically blocking making things difficult to uh for the chase group to catch up to the breakaway group that had their teammate louis in it um, and listening to Christian scream at those guys, 
um, through the bike course was, I, I just was finding it highly entertaining. It was just so funny. And, but he just kept going to the front and as they were messing things up and it took them the whole 40 K, but they finally managed to catch those guys just right at the end. And that was uh Christian really, you know, driving that train, no two ways around it. it, it there's a bit of swagger though, isn't there? You know, obviously if you win the Olympic games, you got the right to yell at whoever you like, but there certainly is a lot of swagger about how he, he gets around at the moment, which is great. I love it. I think there needs to be more of that. Um, well, and he, and, you know, and, and that's, but this is what Alistair Brownlee, that used to be his role was, or not role, like, you know, he would very much take control of that breakaway group, you know, and, and get everybody in order and get everyone pulling and all that kind of stuff, you know, and this is what uh, people were saying, you know, had he been in the Olympics, it would have been a whole different ballpark. Um, with that that breakaway group, if if Alistair had been there to sort of run that, and yeah, you know, I think when you're when you're racing, um, you know, uh, as well as Christian is, and and as, are as strong as he, uh, and you're as strong as he is, um, yeah, you you take some control of these things. Yeah, I mean, and he now has to. It's kind of like the wearer of the yellow jersey has to own the race a little bit. It's the it's the same. He's got to do the same thing, right? He's got to if he wants to get results, he's the marked man. Now everyone's watching him. He's got to agitate. And the Brown Lees did it for years, didn't they? Where they really sort of grabbed the race by the scruff of the neck and were really um, demonstrative on the bike and and just there's a lot of swagger. Um, everything about them was great. Uh, it really is. Nice to see that. And again, look, you know, I don't love. I'm 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 not a fan of dynasties. I'm certainly not. Uh, I just think it. I mean, I can appreciate it, but it's you know, if someone keeps winning the same the same races all the time, it's not that exciting for me. Um, and but it is nice watching these guys do their lap of the world triathlon circuit, having won a gold medal and then sort of rubber stamping them as a world champion as well. It's it's a good fit for this year. One thing that was interesting too, I did notice uh, speaking with my Australian hat on, there was not a single Australian anywhere near the top 10. Obviously, the travel is an issue and training, et cetera. And it's just, it's, this is the byproduct of what we started talking about, Kevin, with lockdowns and everything like that is that, you know, this, um, I guess the triathletes on this side of the world are really battling and, and are not able to travel and able to, um, you know, work and, and those sorts of things. And it's seen in the results now where they're sort of absent, which is a rarity given the, you know, the, I guess the status of what we've always been able to do. Yes. I had an interesting um, chat with uh, Libby Burrell. Um, I've finally learned how to pronounce her last name. <laughs> formerly uh, the high performance director for Triathlon Canada and for the U S and developed the program in South Africa over the years. And uh, she works for own the podium here in Canada and, you know, I was bringing up exactly what we had talked about that, you know, the, the countries, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, dealing with harsh, um, harsh quarantines, and they weren't able to race at the Worlds last year, and how, you know, that, that seemed to have affected them over the last bit. And she argued, Australia is doing just fine, you know, Hayden Wild taking the uh, bronze in, in Tokyo, and, you know, their, their athletes, you know, they, they had... Seem to be considerably more competitive. I, I sort of argued that, yeah, I hear that Australia had six weeks of, or sorry, New Zealand, six weeks of really strict lockdown, and then you know they were able to get out and do stuff within their own country, mm. which was you know different. You know, Canadians have been struggling to find pools. Aussies have, well, mm. you, you guys, if you're, I guess if you're close to Sydney, it's you know you can't go biking further than five k away and all of this stuff. So and, and there's nine uh, people and 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 eleven sheep in New Zealand, right? Like that's how that works because <laughs> everyone has their own sheep. They get to ride them. Um, if you've never <laughs> been there, you have a go. Um, I, I reckon you and I, I did we was it that I Man Live we called in Taupo one year. You and I, um, the joining of the forces um, where hot water because it was that um yeah no we certainly had lots of fun at that race in new zealand absolutely very good um so that's kind of some racing updates i guess the last one we'll do a quick There's... one and I, I know you want to make this i know you i know you want to talk about this and you're very excited it's not often you, your little country gets a win but canadian tamara 
how are we pronouncing her last name? Jewett? Jewett. Tamara Jewett. Jewett. Right. Tamara Jewett. Now, 114, half marathon off the stick. She's taken the one wood out and gone whack down the middle of the fairway to win Timber Man over nine minutes, nine and a half minutes, if you don't mind, about uh, over Marinda Carfrey, who made her return from. Can we call it maternity leave? Let's just call it maternity leave. It's a job. Uh, very nicely done from your compatriot. Yes, uh, she graced the cover of our July issue last year. Um, so absolutely no surprises uh, for us here at Triathlon Magazine Canada. Um, she's a former national team runner, um, always had lots of injury problems or issues as a runner. So, you know, like so many um Triathlon is a great uh, avenue for her to, you know, not do so much of the run and stuff and hurt herself so much. And um, yeah, she is scary fast. I think there was one of the uh, one of the races uh, that they organized last summer. You know, they had some small events here in Ontario, and I think she outrun um, outran almost all the guys. I'll have to go look that up. But yeah, so uh, you know. No surprises at all. I, I just found it, it was so cool to see, you know, Miranda Carfrey, arguably the greatest runner our sport has ever seen, um, uh, getting to witness sort of the new uh, the new guard coming in, uh, which was kind of cool. So, Well, if you uh, look at the run splits, Kevin, right? So your, your, your girls run 114.20. Lightning, goodness, I couldn't drive that quick. Carfrey's clocked the 123.54. We know how well she runs. Obviously, she's coming back first race back before we get into that. Heather Jackson, too, 125. And then Jodie Robinson is 121. So she is so far ahead of everybody in that top four that it's, yeah. it, you, it's, a, it's a different race. It's not even the same race. If you're running 114 versus, you know, 123s and 21s, and that 121 was the closest anyone gets, I mean, goodness. This is a real weapon that's starting to emerge here. Yeah, but and and this is the you know last year when she won the Canadian Pro uh, Triathlon Championship, it was an Olympic distance race. I think she came back from I think it was just under three minutes uh, behind Rach McBride in that one over ten k. Um, now you know Rach McBride is you know, not not nearly the same kind of runner as uh, as Marinda Carfrey. But, you know, she started three seconds behind Marinda. Um, it was done, you know, before they were um, pretty much out of transition, um, that, you know, the, when you're running at that pace. Um, but the thing that um, that is now making Tamara uh, much more competitive and able to win races is the fact that she's improved her swimming and biking to the point where she can use that weapon. So... You know, there's no point running a one four or, or sorry, there's no point. It doesn't help you running a one fourteen if you're starting um, twenty minutes down, right? Um, so now she's at the point where I think even with super strong runners they, or cyclists, they maybe come off the bike with a two or three minute lead on her, and then she really mm. can utilize that weapon. Mm. Um, and it's the same, you know, I, I, I talked about this with Marinda, her last. Uh, Kona win, um, you know, she does this 14 minute, uh, you know, come from behind uh, to catch Daniela. But I mm -hmm. talked to Marinda afterwards and I said, everyone's, you know, raving about your run and everything, but um, you were about 19 minutes down, um, 80 miles into this bike ride and you pushed really hard. <laughs> and I said, yeah. I would argue that was the difference. Well, um, yeah. And she also bikes solo it, too, doesn't she? Down. Um, Carfrey also I'm bikes sorry, solo a lot too. She's Carfrey spent a yeah. lot of time on the Queen K doing her own thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 until you get that balance and until you're strong enough um, in the swim and the bike to be able to stay competitive that these run splits make a difference, and that's where Tamara is now. So hmm. um, yeah, it should be. I, I'm I'm actually I've totally forgot to check and see. I believe she's off to Utah. And um, if she is, then that could be fun. Well, for you guys, 100%. Hey, if I said to you, 
go the rhinos or go the sharks or go the scorpions or go the cheetahs or go the eagles, what would I be talking about? Oh, of course, you're talking about Super League. <laughs> oh, Jesus, mate. <laughs> We've beautifully done. Um, whatever happened to the honey badger? Or, I don't know, the... I don't know. We think of other alternatives. Have you, have you met Chris McCormick? The Chris McCormick is never going to have a series with a bunch of teams called the Honey Badgers or the <laughs> honey uh, Panda Bears or the um, Koalas. Like, Well, yeah, not Koalas, but yeah, I know. But you know, do you know Koalas can run at 30 k's an hour when they get moving? So just be careful. So the, yes, the Super League has come out like everybody else and decided to run a different format and get some co- I mean Jesus look before I go on to my rant here um <laughs> obviously Macca is driving this thing uh very hard okay and he's you know got good athletes the formats for mine I find them a touch confusing still about this and that but it's it's marketed as entertainment not as sort of so much as the sport um, but yeah, now this is the new wave, isn't it? Like, so we've gone and we've had, you know, Mano Amano with Fredino V Sanders. And then we've got the Collins Cup, which we'll touch on as well, which is you've got the Super League crew who are just bringing out five teams the Rhinos, the Sharks, the Scorps, the Cheetahs, and the Eagles. They're trying to make and they're trying to get people, I think, to buy into a tribal culture like we have in football or in, you know, big team sports. I think they're shooting for that idea of identity, of aligning people to that. He's got managers too. Managers, uh, funnily enough, not unlike the Collins Cup, are former legends. Uh, Chris McCormack, Tim Don, Annie Emerson, who was a duathlete, I believe. Ronnie Schiednicht, who's just got a cool sure, last man. name. And then Michelle Dillon, who, of course, was an Olympian. Uh a lot going on there to unpack with what's happening with Super League, Kevin. I know you know you're a man who loves innovation in sport. You believe innovation is where we should be. You don't like the old things. Um, you're very anti um, keeping things normal. You like things different. So, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I, I, that's the first time I think anyone's ever <laughs> told me that I uh, like things different. Uh, Les McDonald and I battled tooth and nail for drafting in triathlon way back when, uh, when I was the elite athlete rep for triathlon Canada. So not sure if I'd agree with that. Um, but anyway, um, Hey, you know, as much fun as we have had sort of, I don't know if mocking or kind of questioning the, uh, the different formats of Super League. It is hilarious to me that uh, the World Triathlon ran an eliminator race in Montreal yes. and will be repeating that format in Bermuda. So um, it, it's they're on to something for sure mm-hmm. um, on some levels. And um, yeah, this it, it sort of reminds me of World Team Tennis. You know, they had the the same kind of idea. I never really followed that. I never felt mm. like it took off. You know, how many people have heard of the different World Team Tennis teams versus Wimbledon? Like, it's just not. But hey, you know, if if this sort of gender and gender some interests and allows some pros to make some money and continue to make a living at uh, at all of this. Um, then that is great. Uh, it'll be, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this all, how this all plays out. Well, there's a draft. Like there's a, they're doing a draft. I mean, look, hundred percent with you on this. I'm a lot of people say I'm stuck in 1993, but that's only musically. Um, I, I fully think this is inter- – it's just interesting as hell to see what happens. I, I have no idea if it's going to work. No one knows if it's going to work. Who's going to watch it? I've got no idea. Would I watch it? Probably. I mean, if it's sport and things are moving, probably because I'm in lockdown, I'll watch anything. But in saying that, I think, you know, if you put together a good package of things, if you have something for people to hang their hat on – and we look at uh, T20 cricket here in, in, in Australia and it's where they basically shave the game down to an hour and a half each side. And, you 
and it goes off every summer. I don't even like cricket, but I find myself watching it, and I don't even know why. Probably because I'm hot and lazy, not want to do much in that sort of time period. But this is really interesting. The concept, as you said, the eliminator now starting to show up in world events. The team's mixed relay. You know, everything's starting to tweak and pivot in the sport. Obviously, you've got your traditional 70.3s, Ironmans and all the other stuff. But it's the fun stuff outside. And as you said, I mean, athletes have got to make a buck, right? So, if, you know, Mac is coming to you saying, hey, I'm going to pay you some coin to show up and race a few of these things. Of course you're going to do it. But who's not going to do it? You know, when triathletes retire, pro triathletes retire, I reckon 95% of them go and get a real job. No one's just sitting there like you would as an NFL player or as a, you know, as a golfer or whatever it is on your multi-million dollar joint just sitting around. I mean, I'm sure there are athletes who are making good money in the triathlon community, but I reckon there's 80% who are certainly not. So when something comes up like this, they grab it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, as as uh, Libby Burrell was, was pointing out that, you know, this is great for them to, to make money, but the question is, when's their downtime? Like, uh, you know, are we going to start racing people into the ground? Um, I don't think we're quite there yet because, you know, Super League is, uh, it looks like they've got basically a September season, right? Like they're going wild through September, which works out great now because there's no Kona uh, to be Mm. building up for in in October. So, um, so yeah, it'll be you know fun to see. It's going to be a busy, crazy September, you know, with Roth and the World Seventy Point Three Championships in Utah, and yeah. um, and then well, and then obviously not quite September, but end of August, we've got uh, the Collins Cup, which is you know that's another rat. I don't know radical format, but it's a big change for what oh. we've traditionally seen in triathlon. Yeah, massive change, man. It's massive. We'll get to the Collins Cup in two seconds. Super League, though, um, I think this is the stuff, though, Kevin. You know, the problem with Ironman, and you you would remember this, they used to have an Ironman World Series, right, where they would race, what's it, five or six Ironmans around the world. It was Foster and races. But you can't do that. Today's athletes don't do that. They don't want to do that, and you can't do that. So you've got to give repeatable races an option. They have to be repeatable. So sprint formats like this, athletes can recover pretty quickly week to week. So you can get a – and that's what they're trying to aim for is a season. They want a season of this done. Like they would, you know, four or five-week season where they buy an athlete for four or five weeks and they say, right, I want you to race all these Super League races. You can recover, and then off you go. makes perfect sense to me. And if I was a pro, I'd be going, hell yeah, for five weeks you can have my services 100%. Sounds like good. I'm going to get televised. I'm going to be able to race different format. It's going to be an interesting setup, and I'll look amazing. Of course, I'd do. It makes sense to me. Yeah. This is grinding it out at some shithole seventy point three for no money, um, and having to recover for a couple of weeks after. Yeah, absolutely. So Tamara, do it. Big breakthrough race, um, all that stuff. I think four grand uh, is what she'll walk yeah. away with. Bullshit. Uh, which is hey, which is better than nothing, but. Um, I'm willing to bet that the 50th placed person at the Women's British Open um, <laughs> on the weekend made more than that. Yeah, yeah. And and so, if you think about the time that went into running that 114, the many hours that she put in, and you then you multiply your four grand into that, plus whatever else she's – it's a joke. It is a joke what they're doing. And I don't begrudge any triathlete putting their hand up and launching themselves into this new kind of setup. Now, Collins Cup, these are your people, Kevin. These are your people. Uh, You have put your hand up and said, just so everybody knows, that you are an announcer on the ground. The dulcet tones of Kevin McKinnon is going to be calling the athletes around the course. Now, if you haven't known about this Collins Cup, it is uh, 12 separate racing matches, I believe. Um, and they're going to do like a 2K swim, and then is it 80, and then was it 15, 16, or 18K, or something like that run? Yeah, yeah, I think it's 18K, actually. Ooh, that's a good one that I uh, should uh, have got. I better get that all together by the time I... Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty like sure a- you have time on the on the plane. to and, and the Collins Cup was originally designed by a buffoon, and then the PTO got it, 
any <laughs> I look at some of the things I watched a piece to video the other day with two people I've never uh, never seen before in the sport. I think they've just got a whole bunch of talking heads, which is good because it's kind of they kind of want it to sound professional, don't they? They don't want a whole bunch of me standing around there trying to string some words together. Um, but they've got some and, and they were talking to Mark Allen and they're asking him some questions and things like that. It was weird. It was just super weird. And the reason it was super weird, Kevin, is because it looked like a real set from a sporting event that I might watch, like golf. It didn't look like some dudes sitting behind a media wall in some flappy-ass tent watching what was happening. It looked real. So it looks good. I mean, I must say they've sunk enough money into it, but it looks good. I'll give them that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're they're sinking uh, crazy amounts of money. Um, I... I... I would argue that the you know the people who came up with it are still uh, very much involved uh, you know with the, the the folks who started the PTO and yeah. now they've just got some backing with with some money which is what they which is what they needed. It took them a while to get that rolling, but once they got the money behind them, uh, they've taken that and run with it. And they're uh, from what I can see, pulling out all the stops mm-hmm. uh, to to ensure that this is a huge and successful event. Like, yeah, I was, I was trying to figure out, they've got so many, although I, I was like, oh, they've got so many commentators, but then it suddenly occurred to me, they've got 12 races to cover basically. So it kind of makes sense uh, to, to have all of that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a great day on Saturday. I cannot wait. Um, and, uh, you know, things yeah. start on Wednesday. Yeah. I'm curious. Matchup. Yeah. I'm curious too, you know, 12 separate race matches, 10 minutes apart, and then two eighty and 18. It's, uh, it's incredibly, um, I'm very curious about how this is going to work. That's my, my, my curiosity has been piqued by this Collins cup setup. Um, it will be interesting if it is not of a super high standard, then, you know, it'll get a shit canning because everybody knows how much money is being put into this. So the pressure is on to deliver a big event. The pressure is on to deliver an event that actually showcases the sport, but also the production and everything else must be of a pretty high standard. Otherwise, they are going to get railroaded, I would have thought. People are just going to go, well, here's another example of tipping a bunch of money into nothing. So the pressure's on for the organisers. I don't doubt they've got themselves covered. Phil Liggett on board. A lot of people said they were more, you know, wanting to hear your voice, but they got Liggett. Um, He's seen triathlon from a number of different angles. For those of you who don't know, he used to anchor the ABC coverage, I would have thought. ABC, Kevin, it was one of those coverages he used to do each year. Um, and well, he uh, he used to be involved with the NBC coverage. There you go. Um, yeah, um, not necessarily sort of anchoring so much, but sort of coming in uh, for for parts of that. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I've only had the experience of of working with him once when I was writing the NBC NBC show one year, and the guy is a pro's pro. Uh, it was nothing short of amazing to work with him. So. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I am I am one hundred percent confident that they are going to um, have all of this, as you say. You know, they they put so much money into it. They they're getting outstanding pros behind every level of this. And you know, I don't know how the racing can't be great when you look at uh, the folks involved in this race. Now, you know, th- there's a, there's a good chance that Europe is just going to run away with this sucker yeah. all the way through. But, um, you know, I don't know if you noticed uh, last night it was announced that uh, Andrew Starkowitz mm-hmm. is now part of the U.S. team. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've just got, you know, Andrew Starkowitz, um, uh, Lionel Sanders, even, you know, even Lionel coming off a race. The guy is like he recovers quickly and he's just you know, puts his heart into everything he does. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be really exciting. And then, yeah, you've got your mainstays, uh, you know, Jan Ferdano and, and Daniela Reef, And yeah, that, that, that European team is just frightening. Mm. Um, so it'll be, I, you know, it's just going to be so much fun to watch. But here's where it falls down, right? <laughs> like Super League. 
because they mix and match things so often, they get people confused. Where this kind of thing, I think, falls down is the scoring system that they've got. So when an athlete wins, they get three points, and then the second person comes in, they get a couple of points. And then all these different combinations about winning by six minutes and four minutes and two minutes, and there's one and a half points here and one point here, people are going to get real lost in how they actually arrive at that. And that's, for me, a problem because they're going to spend that much time trying to explain it. They're going to lose people. But if you don't explain it, you're going to lose people. So I'm yeah. – you know, My that, I think that, a red flag for me. Yeah, I don't know how much that's actually going to come into play. I think the, I think the focus is going to be on um, who's winning the races. Um, I think you're you're going to go into the into some pretty um, deep weeds when you start <clears throat> getting into um, those different points, and 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 I I only think that's going to be a factor if things are close. Um, right. So, you know, if by some miracle, the internationals suddenly, you know, manage to win two or three of these races and that it doesn't look like the Europeans are going to pummel everyone, then maybe that those points things become a factor. But, mm. um, I, I, I don't, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that's actually going to be an issue this time around. Right. Um, we'll see how that plays you know, out. As hopefully we get, um, a few of these under our belt before it comes down to one of those super close things and the points mm. and then and people are a bit more familiar with it. Yeah, hopefully it's one-sided. The, the last thing that I, I struggle with is the trophy, the broken spokes. So the team that finishes last gets the broken spokes trophy and apparently for 12 months you get to hang shit on them because they're the crappest athletes in the Collins Cup. That to me sounds like it's a club race and that's what you do around a club race. I'm not sure that you want to be giving a world-class athlete a broken spoke trophy um, and, yes, it's all supposed to be in fun. Mm, I don't know. I, don't, I just I, – I've always struggled with the broken spoke, to be honest with you. It just sounds cheap. I uh, could not agree with you more. I have um, always wondered about that. It just seems – yeah, it just seems so not part of our sport. But um, um, you know, the the guys, the guys uh, behind um, the uh, the PTO and the Collins Cup have always been big on that. And hey, they're they're put, putting up all the money. They get to they get to call some of these yeah. shots. So. Yeah, go go call some of these athletes broken spokes and you get a broken face. Um, Did you be... see um, who's making the uh, the Collins Cup trophy? No, I have not. It is being made by Tiffany and Company. Oh, Jesus. So it is going to be um, quite a work of art. Of course uh, it is. It's going to weigh 40 pounds, 34 inches tall, um, 100 hours of labor to craft by hand. And they're gonna, so there you go. And, and so Tiffany's going to... Tiffany's... Tiffany's going to create the broken spoke, are they? Far out. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know who's – I haven't seen anything about who's creating the broken spoke one. I, I think no. they might be calling you to you know, go into yeah. your uh, garage and, and put something together. <laughs> I'll be running down to Zamel's with 10 bucks. Um, <laughs> look, I can't fault – as I said the last podcast, I'm pretty confident there's a lot more smart people inside the PTO building than me. Um, Clearly, they think it's going to work. There's market testing. Working with Phil Liggett, what a dream. I was honoured to work with him in the Herald Sun Tour, which is a bike race down here in Victoria a few years ago. The guy is a freaking legend. Um, there is, you know what, you know the guys who are at the top of their game because there's no ego. There is zero ego. He's yeah. just like, yeah. You know, I put up a post today on the Life of Try um, Instagram page. Get on it if you haven't got on it. Um, and it was me and Whit Raymond from uh, Melbourne, Ironman Melbourne, years ago. And um, you can't call him Whit Raymond. You have to go, Whit Raymond! Um, <laughs> and so me and Whit Raymond, we, um, he allowed me to – it was the very first Melbourne. Crowley was coming across the line. He was destroying the field, and he said to me, you're an Australian. You should do the call at the finish line. 
no ego at all. What a guy, you know. So I got to call Crowey across Melbourne at Ironman Melbourne version 1.0, which is really cool and something that's always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Liggett was the same. Liggett didn't give a rat's ass about anything. He, yeah, nothing was too much trouble. And we had a really good day calling uh, Arthur's Seat, which is a huge climb in um, in Victoria where they, they rode up, and he was amazing. So, uh, yes, very good. And also, um, you know, that's the sort of – level they're going to get to let's hope that they can put something down that we are going to look back and go geez that's raised the bar you know they've really put something up there um and of course those at the venue will just be eating up the dulcet tones of mckinnon as you get your work done too that's an exciting time yes well who knows uh yeah who knows how many people will be allowed to be kicking around but um yeah i just i just can't wait to do those intros man it's that's going to be one yes. of the highlights getting to fun. introduce the, the, the matchups for each of those races. And, mm-hmm. Good um, fun. Yeah. Looking, looking forward to that. Well, mate, that's 50 and out. I reckon we might, uh, we might call it. You've got to uh, no doubt start the, you know, packing all the wonderful hair products that you'll be using and all the, you know, the beautician's products that you so richly love to get involved with when you go away and call. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be probably chatting to you post Collins Cup, I would have thought, and we can do a, a little bit of an insider's word on what happened at the Collins Cup. You'll be able to give us the full skinny on uh, all things Collins Cup next week's pod. So make sure you tune in, Kevin McKinnon. You are a very wonderful human being. Thank you for joining us. And uh, you can be found on your Twitter handle, which is... Uh-oh, Twitter handle is uh, MacAttackDad and then... Um... Insta? Yes, MacAttackDad, I believe it is. And then Insta is just straight up Kevin McKinnon? Uh, Instagram? Ooh, yeah, I think you want Insta? One, uh, good, I don't know all of these things. Come on, man. Just go to Triathlon Magazine Canada or triathlonmagazine.ca. There you there go, triathlonmagazine.ca. Get on there. That's where Kevin does his best work. In fact, that's where all the greatest work gets done. Um, thanks to those crew too for their continued support of two blokes having a chat about triathlon. We'll check in with you in a week's time once the Collins Cup is done and dusted about. Uh, we'll see what's going on. Thanks for joining us. See you, Kev. Hey, thanks so much, Phil. Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.